PerformerStuff.com presents In the Holding Room with Christian Abbott. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me in the holding room. I'm Christian Abbott, and this is where you have to come before heading into an audition. In the Holding Room podcast brings you Broadway professionals and industry insiders right to you every week to help you crush your next audition. And we have an amazing episode for you today. In our performer's spotlight, the incomparable Desiree DeVar will be joining us and sharing with us her West Side Story audition experience. And thank you five today, I'll be talking about the Broadway cast album that I go to for inspiration. In our Professor's Corner segment, the amazing Ralph Perkins is here to talk about doing the work in your program and in your education. You don't wanna miss any of it right here in the holding room. Performer Stuff was created to meet the needs of folks just like you, performers, educators, and professionals in the entertainment industry. At Performer Stuff, you can search our online store for monologues and music for your next audition or to use in your classroom. On our More Good Stuff blog, you can access hundreds of articles and how-to lists created just for you by industry professionals. There are dance and voice classes and workshops at PS Academy. Plus, you can download podcasts and shows just like this one featuring performers and entertainment pros from around the world. Basically, it's an online community just for you. So check out the website at performerstuff.com or follow us on social media. Today in Performer Spotlight, we have an incredible actress, singer, dancer, comedian, and someone who does a spot on Liza Minnelli impression. She was a featured dancer in the TV show Glee. She was in 30 Rock, NCIS New York. She was a featured dancer in the movie Annie. She has done regional theaters all across the country, including at the Paper Mill Playhouse and Goodspeed, just to name a few. She was in the world tour of West Side Story as Anita, and she also performed that role on Broadway. Please welcome to Performer Spotlight, the amazing Desiree DeVar. Desiree DeVar, it is wonderful to have you in the holding room. How you been? I've been great, you know. We've been home, but enjoying each other, my husband and my daughter, and just, you know, living our lives. <laughs> oh, well, it's been fun watching your videos online, so congratulations on all that you're accomplishing with such, you know, in the current conditions, Weird right? time, yeah. Thank you. We've been creating. It's cool to create different videos and and stuff while we're while we're home together <laughs> you've accomplished so much you have done so many roles in so many theaters across america including anita and west side story of course yeah. i was wondering if you could walk us through the experience of auditioning for one of those shows and how did you prepare what was it like and what lessons did you learn well this west side story has been the show i mean it it brought me my Broadway debut, but it didn't start there. There was a, there's been an international tour that's gone out for many years and it will continue. I'm sure, I don't know if it's ended, but it probably will come back after all of this. Um, I auditioned for that originally for Anita and then they, they looked at me to be a cover um, and then I didn't get it right away. But then like, the tour went out and then I got a call like, can you come? We need to replace someone. We need an immediate um, Anita understudy and a shark girl. Uh, you need to fly to Spain. So I needed to fix my passport. So that was all quick. But um, cut to actually before I got that, 
they they kept they kept having me in. It was the same casting person. Um, they they knew I was right for it. I just wasn't the right fit at the right time, which happens so much in auditions and timing and luck and all that. Um, but they called me in for the the Broadway that just opened, the Broadway revival a couple years ago, and they needed an immediate replacement for an Anita standby and and a shark girl and i got to audition at the palace theater on stage like wow. like like old-fashioned times you know yeah, we always yeah. dream of that right it's kind of cool you know it's interesting that you bring that up because <laughs> a lot of people think that when they audition for a broadway show they're going to go to the theater and audition yeah. very few no. auditions actually take place in a broadway theater <laughs> yeah i think they were still in um in previews. And so they still had rehearsals. So the easiest thing for the team or just for Arthur Lawrence, you know, Arthur Lawrence, you know yeah. him, he, um, was to come to the theater because they were already there. And I remember um, one of the the standby for Tony was just sitting in the audience for my audition. <laughs> so random. But I got to read with the standby for Maria. So she was doing all her blocking. So that kind of puts you on your toes. You're like, I don't know you're blocking. I have to read. And like, so that was a lot. And especially being so young. And, you know, that would have been a huge deal at that time. At that moment, I didn't get it. They had someone else they had in mind for it. But We'll talk about it later. Later down the line, perseverance. I ended up getting it, yeah. but yeah, I had gone in for that show. For the, it's basically the same team for both, and I just kept going in. And you know, it's disappointing when you don't get things right away. But it wasn't my time. Yeah. I had to get experience first. I ended up going on the international tour, got all the experience, became Anita on it, traveled the world. I wouldn't have had that. And yeah, then I free. came back and did Broadway. So like, I just have gone through so much with that musical, but I mean, what a musical to be able to do yeah. that many uh, times and absolutely. Live. Let's, let's go back to that original yeah. international tour. Audition. Yeah. Was that an open call or was that an agent call or I, that original? It was, um, I, I think, no, I didn't have an agent yet. It was an open call because oh, the jurisdiction for um, unions was uh, there overseas. Is, there's nothing, but they treat you wonderfully. So, yeah. you know, it, it, when you want to work and get experience and do a great show, there's some great international tours where you can travel the world. Yeah. But yes, it was an open call. I went to the shark dance dance call and we did america and we did somewhere and so and did that did it start off as a dance call? dance that was the first yes thing? Okay. yeah for like, that was because that's such a huge dance show i yeah. didn't go in for especially for anita they want you to dance first and everything like if i was going in for maria i would probably sing first and not as much dance but yes that was whew, that was a hard audition because you know that was actually the first time i learned some of the original choreography and it's hard the dancing back then was just stunning and so to the music leonard bernstein's music so so uh let me ask what did you what did you wear to this audition you know west side story is yeah. so frequently done at mm -hmm. colleges and regional theaters and mm -hmm. tours and like you said the international tour is probably never going to stop the show is yeah huge everyone i think a lot it. of people throughout their careers will have the opportunity to audition for this mm -hmm. show yeah uh, so what what did you wear to the west side story audition i believe i had like this um 
kind of like a Latin dress, something where I knew I was going in for a shark girl. So I had maybe like a salsa skirt or something a little like above my knee. So I knew I could grab it for like some of the dancing because you use that in the show. And that is something that's so stylized. You don't want to pretend it's not as fun and it doesn't get you in it as much. So anything like that, any show, every time I've gone in for West Side, I always make sure to have something like that because it works with the style. Yeah. yeah. So they, you went to the dancer call, mm-hmm. um, you learned America mm-hmm. and they, did they do a cut after America? Yes, or, they yeah. did a cut and we did, um, the, the quintet, it was like the dancing, uh, the, what's it called to somewhere. Oh, the dream um, ballet. Dream ballet. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. I don't even remember anything because <laughs> I never ended up doing that because I was Anita. Anita so, yeah. but I, you know, I learned it. That was showing all your technique. Like yeah. America's just fire and attitude. You have to have technique, but it's just passionate. Um, yeah. So the ballet part was was a lot of leaps and he uh joey mcneely really wanted you to show it off and bring it and i it was scary because he can he was a, a little intimidating which happens sometimes you can get intimidated by the people in the room but you just gotta trust yourself and know you're like i've been dancing for a long time i know how to do it just do it and if they don't like you then you gotta move on yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So then uh, you you get through the cuts and then they 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 ask you to sing or do you come back the next day to sing or what was that? They had me sing that day. So I sang something from my book. I believe I sang uh I I got an awesome song that I don't think anyone has from Amda um when I went to the conservatory in New York um called I'm one of the smart ones and it's by Kander and Ebb and it was written for Liza Minnelli. It was never in a show. The show never happened, but it's a great song, storytelling and belting. So I thought it was appropriate because I didn't, if you're, if they don't want you to sing from the show, West Side Story is very hard to compare to. There's not a lot that compares to it. So saying that, and then they asked me, I believe probably a couple days later to prepare um, Anita stuff. So I, I came back and sang a boy like that in America and did some scenes. All right. Yeah. And then, and then you got the call. How, how long was it until you got the call? Like for, to do the show? Yeah. Well, they actually, they casted it. So I didn't right. get it. And then I believe that was probably in March. And then it went out in June. And then like weeks later in June, they're like, I think someone just didn't work out it, it, or they just didn't cast it right. So they called me and they're like, can you fly to Spain and I then Japan and learn the show? I learned it in four days and then I was on stage. See that, and then, I, yeah. No, <laughs> so. The reason I asked, you know, you had mentioned earlier, that's, that's something you, you were a replacement later on, yeah. but I, I love that. Like, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure that that must have been hard for you to feel unsuccessful at that audition. Yes. Only to realize months later, no, you were very successful. At yeah, the like they remembered me. Maybe yeah. it was a look. They're like, we want this look for this shark girl or this girl's taller. It, you never know. It's never about your talent because they still called me 
because they remembered me. They knew that they could rely on me yeah. to come and learn all this. So yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so t talk to me about your book. When you audition for shows, mm -hmm. uh, what, how do you think about the songs that you're selecting and what songs are in your book to actually take into the audition room? Yeah, well, it's, it's grown over time because I've, I'm a dancer first. I've started dancing, but I, I've grown to be like, I just want to sing and act. I mean, I love dancing, but I've just be, become more confident with that. I think maybe becoming a mom, just my choices and stuff. It's just, it's all changed. So I think my book is evolving. And when I do go back to auditioning, I think it'll be even different. I I just have so much more to offer than some of the songs. Maybe I I got just as my teachers looking at me as a dancer. Um, it's evolved. I, I love Kander and Neb. I, like I said, I love I love Liza Minnelli, and I love that whole genre <laughs> of singers and Broadway stars. Um, but yeah, I think storytelling is really important. I've become more of a storyteller than just trying to show off your high belt or something, because sometimes that that is needed if you're like going in for Wicked for Alphaba. But I just I'm trying to choose something where I can connect and show that I'm a good actor as well. Yeah, that, no, that's, yeah. A, that's that's a great. Yeah. Great philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, how many songs would you or do you normally take into the audition room? Well, I. I don't try and overpack my book because you have to be um, very aware and and well rehearsed with all the songs. So you don't want to have everything because chances are you don't rehearse everything every day and have it perfectly in your mind and have the intro and like you just need to be prepared. I would say I would bring in like five, mm. five songs that I am really comfortable that work that could work with for this show. It's like some, sometimes things don't, but sometimes they'll be like, can you just, actually it was for West Side Story for the Ordway. People I already know, but like they had me do America and then, and boy like that, all the usual. And then they're like, just sing for us your favorite song, something you love singing. And then I just got to sing a song that I absolutely love that has nothing to do with the style or, you know, they just want to see you as a person as well. And like what you can bring, that could be something different you bring to the role. So yeah, I five, five or six songs that, that I'm really comfortable singing that day. <laughs> do you have a philosophy on what you wear to auditions? You know, there's a debate like, if you get called back, you should wear what you wore at the original audition to the callback. And some people yeah. feel like that's not really necessary. But how do you think about the way you prepare to dress for an I audition? I feel like I was I was kind of taught from at school to wear the same thing. Um yeah, I, I would I would probably if it was a dance call first, um, and they want you to come back the next day to do more dancing, I would wear the same thing. I think that there's so many people and if there's like a red dress or something that that you wore that it could stand out and have them remember like oh that fierce girl in the red dress it's yeah. the next day i th i think it's important yeah. maybe when you're singing not as much cuz you're in there individually anyway mm -hmm. you don't have to be so you know so 
perfect the same same as you wore but why not it doesn't hurt it doesn't yeah. hurt to wear the same thing i i agree yeah yeah what's the best advice you ever received or maybe something you wish you knew when you were <sighs> first starting out oh jeez and it could be more than one or i think more. that i sometimes would try to be something other than I'm not like, because you know what they're looking for, for certain characters. I mean, this is true for life, right? We're always, you know, looking at Instagram and being like, I want to be like her. No, you just be yourself. Bring what you bring to the character. It's so hard. You can say it, but it's hard to get in there. Um, there's so many instances where, you know, I, I think that before I go in and I actually bring myself to the character and I do really well. It's when I'm in my head and go, oh, but they want this type of person. So I got to be that, especially being ethnic. I think that you have to like, I want to play a certain role, but usually if it's played by someone that's blonde, I've, I get discouraged. I'm like, oh, they're just going to pick a blonde girl, but I've been surprised and I've been cast in something that is usually a blonde girl. So uh, there was something about me that they liked that was different and yeah, be yourself. I, I wish that I had that in my head, like when I was younger, cause now I see it more and people that are different and they be, they're successful because they stick to their guns. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that. That's <laughs> such great advice. It's and true. <laughs> and I wish there was an exercise that I could think of that teachers or mentors could develop mm -hmm. to really get young professionals to be comfortable in their own skin and yeah. to be themselves because it's, it's, you're so right. Like it's something we think about and okay, just be myself. And then you walk into the audition room and you're trying. Like, you're oh, trying man. to be like what you think they want yeah. and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just so tell yourself true. that and practice it however you can. Yeah. Yeah. Go to auditions and practice it. Really? <laughs> Say it before you go in. I, yeah. I yeah. love that. You mm -hmm. know, before you open that door, I'm going to be me. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Me is good enough. I mm -hmm. like it. Me is good. Me gonna, is good enough. Hashtag Desiree. me is good enough. <laughs> Life lessons with Desiree and Christian. Me is good enough. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's true. I know. Oh. Desiree, let me ask you, when you see casting notices and, and audition notices go out, mm -hmm. there's usually uh, a description of those characters. And mm -hmm. often they, they say things like, all ethnicities welcome mm -hmm. or blind casting or what have you yeah what, what advice do you have for those young professionals maybe women of color who are mm -hmm. looking at those notices um and it doesn't really describe them or maybe yeah. they don't have the confidence to go into an audition that they would probably crush yeah i think that this goes back to being yourself i mean if you it it has it shouldn't a lot of the time it should have nothing to do with your ethnicity only if it's like ragtime, if you're, you know, there's certain things that, you know, have to be. But a lot of the time when they say all ethnicities and you've only seen a certain ethnicity or type of person in the role, you get discouraged. But I think that the industry is trying to be a little bit more supportive and bring people in that are different for the roles. So hopefully it's changing more and 
people of color like myself have more opportunities. That being said, I, I have done, there was a production of anything goes at good speed and you know, that's just, that's a classic and it's usually just white people, you know, in the, in the beginning (laughs) when it first came out, but, uh, Daniel Goldstein, the director, made a point to just bring anyone in and make it more ethnically diverse. So I went in for, um, what's her name? Irma. This is the revival production. And she's usually blonde, really dumb. And I went in, I literally played it like a, like a gangster type, like New York, like like, you know, Italian or something. (laughs) And I got to do it. And I also understudied um, Reno, who's black, and she's amazing. She's everywhere on Broadway. But that's an opportunity. She was amazing. She was perfect for the part. There's nothing about it that says you can't be who you are. It's just an awesome, fierce woman. And that's what she did. And also me too. I played it differently. So that has always been in my head that if I could do that, I can do anything. I can play anything that my voice type is right for that. Maybe my, my look, I'm not going to be the girl next door. Like you just have to know what you can be as an actor and maybe physically not in your skin color. I'm saying like, you know, what you present yourself like, which is either like a, you know, very, eccentric person, a like very energetic person. You just have to find that. And if you can relate to any part of that character, you should go in and our agents should push for us to go in for and casting should let more people go in and let us surprise, let us surprise the director. It's yes. We just need that opportunity. We need that opportunity to get into the room. That's the main thing, I think. And if we're not picked, they go with the normal. That's fine. But at least we got to go in. Yeah. And yeah. maybe you'll be remembered for something else just as awesome. Yeah. 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 I love it. Great. <laughs> That's such great advice. Thank you so much. Of course. Right. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your experience. If you don't mind, in a moment, I would like to bring you back for our lightning round. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Desiree, are you Mm -hmm. ready for our lightning round? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) All right, let's do it. We got 15 questions here. We're going to burn right through them. Okay. First Broadway soundtrack you ever obsessed over? Thoroughly Modern Millie. I loved that. I was a little late to to listening to cast albums. (laughs) Go-to song when singing in the shower? Maybe this time, Liza. (laughs) Of course. Cake or pie? Pie. Show you wish you could go back in time to be in. Oh, Jerome Robbins Broadway. Oh, Just because no. it's all the best dance numbers. <laughs> what, I, I don't often jump in and comment on the, but that's oh, awesome. Okay. No, no, that, that's well played. Oh, wow, that's a good one. I love that one. Um, who is someone that if they punched you in the face, you would not be mad? You know this. Lies of a night. <laughs> I would love to see that. If you could do one show for the next five years, (laughs) if you could do one show for the next five years, what would it be? Chicago. Say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Good day, mate. (laughs) Stephen Sondheim is writing a musical based on your favorite childhood toy. What is it? Oh, 
Uh, Ra, Princess of Power. I had the little figurine. I loved her. <laughs> I had them all. <laughs> so good. South Pacific or Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish? Swedish Fish. Which animal brings more joy to the world, squirrels or llamas? Llamas. Cute. Go-to cast album when on a road trip? Oh, In the Heights. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy what duet do you enjoy singing both parts to? Oh, um, if mama were married, if mama were, from Gypsy, yeah, Gypsy, because yeah. that's so, yeah, I switch back and forth. I love it. <laughs> Old fashioned. Next, next superhero <laughs> to have a Broadway musical Wonder Woman. <laughs> Me. All right. I show up to an audition. You haven't heard me sing. You haven't Mm -hmm. seen me dance or watch me act. What do you typecast me as? Dance, dancer. The way I walk in. Or you. Yeah, what do you typecast me as? I would say I would put you in like um, ah, Les Mis. Ah, Les Mis. (laughs) Great. Go do it. (laughs) All Let's right. do it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't understand the question. It's no. you and what show? That great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's totally fine. I ruined it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Desiree, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for all the advice uh, and for being silly with us. Of course. Where can our audience see you or get a hold of you? Well, like I said, I I love performing with my husband, Nicholas Dramard. Um, he is amazing. We've created a show called Superheroes in Love. So that superhero question is great. Um, we have our own like little storyline within music, pop music and theater songs and banter. And we created a virtual online show where we've done a lot of work on it. It's not just sitting in our living room. We've created something and we have our eighth concert for Valentine's Day, February 13th. So we hope people can watch it. It's really fun. We really enjoyed doing it. Well, I'll put the links in the show notes for our audience so they can catch up with you. And believe me, you have to check it out. You have to watch Desiree's Liza Minnelli. It's amazing. (laughs) It's really fun. I wish I could do it every day. Well, I can. I have a wig. So, yes. (laughs) Hey, Desiree, I wish you all the best. Thank you for your time today. All the best to you and your family. Stay safe, okay? Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. If you have a huge audition coming up, and you don't want to search through the same old monologue books, check out performerstuff.com. Our custom search feature lets you narrow down exactly what you're looking for, get a quick preview of the monologue, then print it out. Plus, lots of materials come straight from the playwright, so you won't walk in with the same monologue as everyone else. It's the easiest way to get your audition or classroom monologues. Search, preview, print at performerstuff.com. Desiree DeVar, so much fun, so talented. Thank you so much for that interview. I just want to highlight a couple of things that she talked about. We were talking about believing in yourself and being you at your audition and actually saying it to yourself before you open the door, that you will be yourself. But she also had this little comment about going to auditions to practice being yourself. I think that's incredibly important and a great thing to do. Just hit as many auditions as you can and learn to just be yourself. I also love her comment about if you can relate to any part of a character, go for that audition. 
just because you have seen that role typically performed by somebody with a certain look or certain ethnicity, if you can relate to that character, go for it. You might just surprise that director or casting director. Desiree Devar, thank you so much. I appreciate all of your insight, your humor, and your story. For today's Thank You Five, I'm going to be reading an article that I wrote a while ago, but it still rings incredibly true. I saw a title of show on Broadway knowing nothing about the show and based solely on the recommendation of a friend. My wife hesitantly went with me as she is more of a production show kind of a Broadway fan. Lots of dancers, glitz and glamour, that kind of thing. Hearing the show was only four people and a keyboard player, she was letting me have this one. The show was amazing. I felt like it was about me. I felt like the performers were my friends that I knew all my life. The inside jokes, the references, the camaraderie, these felt like my friends. A bunch of theater dorks like me talking about what me and my friends talk about. They did an amazing job writing this show just for me, but also making it inclusive for my wife who isn't as in the know also laughed her face off and felt a connection to the performers. At the heart of it, I think they wrote, a sh they wrote what they knew. They wrote for themselves. They put themselves out there for the world and it was so intimate, honest, fun, and obviously full of talent. I have been swept away and I still listen to this soundtrack regularly. The reason Title of Show is my go-to album for inspiration is because the lessons of Title of Show are lessons I'm still struggling with, focusing on, and reminding myself of every day. Title of Show makes the claim of writing what you know, loud and clear in the song Monkeys and Playbills. Now, while Hunter is trying to write a scene, he doodles on his notepad a monkey water skiing with a box full of playbills next to him for inspiration, the song ridiculously and genuinely combines his doodles and takes the names of the numerous Broadway shows into a song. I got a feeling this actually happened. He took this moment in his real life and wrote a great song about it. Part of it all from title of show, I mean, doesn't this song sum up everyone who has ever desired to create for the stage? This song is how outsiders feel about making it to Broadway. It's how I feel, how my friends feel, and obviously how they felt. Their honesty with their feelings makes this song incredibly relatable. Die Vampire Die may be the most obvious song that teaches a lesson. It's about getting off your butt and doing something. As hilariously and expertly performed as this song is, everyone can relate to it. Those internal demons we all struggle with are universal. Maybe that's obvious, but they wrote a song about it that speaks directly to my heart. It is amazingly reassuring that they are struggling with their vampires, which seem to be very similar to mine, and still manage to get off their butts and get their show to Broadway. If they can do it, well, I'm not going to do a review on each and every remarkable track on this album because I could, but just ask that you take the time to really listen. If you're an artist, listen for their stories, lessons, and how vulnerable they were to write a show about themselves and what they knew. You can do this too. 
If you're just a music fan, listen for the understanding of artists' struggle. Everyone will be able to enjoy the phenomenal talent on this album and the simple yet genius moment set to music, which if didn't come from their lives, they felt like they came from mine. One more thing. Is there any lesson more elegantly framed in the show as I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing? We've all heard you can't please everyone, but the way they teach us in nine people's favorite thing is so much more digestible. If you're creating anything, you have to listen to this song. Doesn't matter what it is, a book, a clothing line, a product, a painting, a blog, whatever. Listen to this song and aspire to be nine people's favorite thing. My brother likes to point out that if only 1% of people in the US bought a band's album, they'd still have a platinum album. That's because they are nine people's favorite thing and not a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. And with that, thank you five. If you need music for an audition or a voice lesson, Performer Stuff's got you covered. PerformerStuff.com offers not only full music sheets, but also 32 bar and 16 bar cuts, pre-selected by our on-staff music directors with an intro and easy to read sheet for your accompanist. If you need some help practicing, you can download an audition bundle with the sheet music, a vocal lead and practice track. Plus, the audio on the track matches the sheet music so you can walk into your audition knowing exactly what to expect. As always, our search feature makes it easy for you to find what you're looking for. So when you need music, come check us out at performerstuff.com. Today, I'm continuing a conversation that I had with the director of dance at Hartford University. Now, he had an amazing career as a performer. He had an amazing career as a choreographer and still does, but he is also an amazing instructor at the collegiate level. So he brings a wealth of experience to the show. Our previous conversation ran on a little bit longer than our segments allow, but we talked about some great things and I wanna continue the conversation that we had last time to bring you some real value bombs from such a talented individual. So I'm gonna pick it up right where we left off last time. Please welcome to Professor's Corner, Ralph Perkins. Your teacher isn't giving you attention. You need to hold up that mirror to yourself before you approach that teacher and say, am I showing up? Am I committed? Am I giving that teacher a reason to watch me in class? Because if right. you're not, then yeah. they're not going to focus their time on you. Exactly. I, I, I have so many students that come to me and go, well, so-and-so doesn't get, I haven't gotten any corrections. And I, I, go, I go, and I go, did you warrant a correction? You know, did you get, did you give them a reason to want to correct you? Yeah. And then, and then I'll kind of look at me like, and I'm going, well, did you, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, I, I said there has, to, and, and I, I think students forget that. It's like, it's like, just because you're standing there doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get attention, yeah. you know, and especially like, I, I teach classes like right now. I'm in a huge black box space. Everyone's in a mask. Everyone's 10 feet apart, spaced apart, and all this like that. There's 19 people in a class. And I'm not allowed to walk around through them and touch them and do all the things that I would normally do in a dance class. Mm. I have to literally look at them like this around the room, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And it's like, so you go, okay. It's like, you know, if, 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 if you don't catch my eye, 
I'm sorry. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's just the way life is right now. And, you know, when they go across the floor, it's different things like that, you know, and because we, we do get, get, eventually get to that because we had to start the semester back in stationary positions. But anyway, it's, but, you know, getting students to realize it's like, you have to want correction. You have to want the correction and you have to push yourself to try to get the correction. Yeah. Not, well, I'm standing here and I'm not doing and you're just not paying attention to me. It doesn't work that way. It's like, and you know what? Neither is anyone else. So you get out of here, it's going to pay attention to you if you don't start stepping up to the plate and doing something, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love, you know, I could just, I just remember you shoving your knee in my back when we were doing positions of the back in your gram class, <laughs> you know? So you not being able to touch a dancer and correct their form, I, I just can only yeah. imagine how difficult it is to teach in that, in that situation because I remember you. <laughs> You know, putting your knee in my back. And my teachers did the same thing to me, but it's like you know, I was that's the way I was trained. It's like you know, it's 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 no dance is no different than a sport, and I think people they forget that that it's like it, it, it you have to have a little bit of that mentality of, of 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 hard work, discipline that sports takes that and all that stuff. And it's like, and there's there's students that go, but I got into this because I wasn't good at sports, but but it's not any different. You think there's you know? nothing athletic about being in dance or a musical theater. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, try doing crazy for you, two and a half hours of nonstop dancing, forty yeah, seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, that's the it. thing, and, and all, but you know, we we also get into we're in a in a in a, in a we're in a society of pick and choose as well. Well, I don't want to do that, but I want to do this. Right. And I go, okay, but if you, when you come to a program, the, the, the purpose of, to me, the purpose of a program is not to specialize you. It's to broaden you. You know, your job, you, you yourself can take all of this information. The thing is like when someone comes to, 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 to me, I try to give them as much as I can. It's like, I'm going to try to give you as many styles as I can. I'm trying to give you as anything that I can, that I can grab a hold of even, you know, from, I mean, I'm a, I'm a show, more of a show tapper, but I've learned a lot of rhythm tap from, from other teachers that I work with and that teach for me this. And I watch the, I go, Oh, that's interesting. I'll, I'll, I, I can use that. And I'll, I do that all the time. And, and you know, and at one point, someone said, "Oh, yeah, you're stealing, you know, not now, still, but you know, people say, Oh, I don't steal from you. I, I, I go, I steal from everyone all the time. I don't care. It's like, you know why? Because if I'm stealing something from them, that means I think it's good. And I think it's viable. And that's something that I think my students need to hear and do and all that stuff like that. If you're not stealing from other people, you should be. You know, it's like, it's like no one, like I said, no one has all the answers. Yeah. It's like you have to get information from anywhere and everywhere. And, and I mean, I, my, my whole career, I tell people, I said, I said I've, 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 I've hit the spectrum. I've done so many different things in my career. And I'm so happy for it that, that I have been able to experience, you know, concert dance, magic shows, production shows, musicals. To me, it's like, you know, my teachers were like, what did never limit what you, what you can be, never limit who you are, never limit, you know, don't, put, don't say I'm this kind of a dancer. I'm that kind of dancer. You are a dancer. Yeah. You can do it all. And, you know, and, 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 and what you're not good at, you can work at, you know, and, 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 and I just was always trained that way in my mind to go, this is the way it is. And this is, this is how you, you need to think. Yep. And so to me, that's so important that it's like you go to a school to broaden your, your vision and to, to learn as much as you can, to experience as much as you can, not pick and choose. It's not a buffet. 
you know, and, 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 and that's it. And so it's like, it's very important that you go in to a curriculum that you're, that you have, that you've, that you've stuck, that you've researched, researched. And that you know of what you're going to be getting. And also, and that you work to do all of it, not just, well, I want to do that. But I don't want to do that. No. Well, then, then what's the purpose of you being here? Because you're not. And I tell people too, I say, you are lucky if 10% of your career is what you want to be doing. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's you like how at, many times have you did? Did you do a show? I go, why am I doing that? Oh, I just don't want to do this again, you know, whatever like that. And then you go look for another job. You know, yep. you, you see what I'm saying? It happens. But ultimately, you need you need money. You need a check. You need to live. You need to survive. And yep. this is your profession, your career. We had uh, David Silvestri on this show, and he did Jean Valjean. But you know what else he did? He did Kinky Boots. You know, yeah. he didn't. You know, he didn't just say, "I'm just going to be a singer, tenor." I'm not going to dance or move. No, you know, he's in come from away right now in Toronto, but like you have to t dabble in everything. You have to, it's going to make you, a, oh, not, no, no, they're, they're closed right now. Oh, okay. Okay. I was, I was like, going, I'm like, who's doing shows? <laughs> We're doing <going. shows." laughs> yeah. no, I mean, like, He's still in the cast. As soon as it comes back up and running, he's going to be back and come from away. But you know, like he is someone who will say like, I am not a dancer. I'm six foot three. I'm 250 pounds. I had to learn to dance in heels for kinky boots, but it was because he had done, you know, 42nd street at the Stratford festival and he had stayed after, like you have to dabble in everything. It's going to make you a well-rounded performer. It's going to make you a well-rounded person, you know? So you have to dabble and experience as much as you can. I want to, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, you know, with this guidance that you're, you're asking, you know, kids to, to get, let me take you, let me put you in a scenario here. And I know I don't have very much more time with you, but let me put you in a scenario. You have a student that you believe in. They're a senior, they're about to graduate and you know they can go on and make it in this career. What advice do you wanna give this young individual heading out from college that you, that you believe in? Um, or I can phrase it this way. What, did, what advice would you give your younger self coming out of college? Because you did go on to have that career, so I did, I did. But again, it's, it's I think I already said it. It's it's, it's like do, do do it all. Yeah. Go for anything and everything because you don't know. Number one, you don't know who you're going to meet, who you're going to connect with, who you're going to um what 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 one job will spur to another. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of the thing. It's, it's like, you know, like, you know, back in, when we were in Vegas and stuff, and we we're doing all, like all the benefits, golden rainbow and, and all these different, you know, and, 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 it, and it's like, I did tons of benefit work and, and, and freebie stuff and everything. And then after a while I said, I'm not doing any more of that because I've done so much of it or whatever, but that's how I met. We met each other. We met people. We met the, this choreographer and that and all this. And people saw my work and saw what I did. And it's like, if you want this, if you want this, you got it. You got it. Number one, put it out there. Put it. Get get whatever you want seen out there somehow, some way, whatever it is. I mean, it's a different world now because it, like we have all this videoing and internet and, and and zooming and there's a million different things now. But uh, we did showcases and in, in, in bars and stuff like that and whatever. And you know, but but it it got our work seen. It got it got people to know who we were. And who and, and what we did and all of that stuff. I mean, it's like I did all these benefits and everything. Next thing I know, MGM, I get a call from MGM entertainment director and they said, we need you to come into the main office. 
And I'm going, okay. And I walk in, they go, okay, we need to choreograph three. We, we need, we need someone to re-choreograph this number in EFX, which is a show I was in, but anyway, but they're like, going, you know, and they go, and, um, so, um, you want to do it? <laughs> like, and I'm like, going, uh, yeah. And he's like, and because it was because they had seen my work in golden rainbow and stuff like that. And they knew that what I did and they knew like, and, 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 and Chris Coley, who was the, the entertainer, he said, he said, you've got the person to, to choreograph this number sitting in your cast who is perfect to do it. And he said, and he said, Ralph Burton and, and, and they, and they called me in and next thing I know I was the choreographer for the show again, or, or, or not again, but you know, uh, you know, on top of all of that. And it was like, it was crazy, but it was, if, if I had not done all that, then I wouldn't have been prepared for the luck of getting the job. Right. A, a very close friend of mine who's a, a, a world-renowned magician named Lisa Mena. Um, she um, she came and talked, worked with the kids. Um, I did. I've, I brought her here several times to help me with shows because I, I love putting magic inside shows because I think there's a lot of shows like, well, Pippin has it kind of built in, but she helped me create like even more magic stuff with Pippin was beautiful. And, and, and once in this island, there's a lot of shows that, that, that can, can have magic in them, you know, and, and, and it make it viable to the, to the, to the plot and the story. Anyway, um, she came in and talked to the kids at the beginning. She said, whatever you do, don't work outside of this industry. She said, she said, granny, she said, she said, because if you get wrapped up in becoming a waiter and a bartender and a this and that and all this like that, she said, you're not going to, you're not going to work so hard to be in the industry. She said, you, you have to, she, she, that was her advice. You know, now I, granted, I, I drove a delivery truck. I waited tables. I did things like that to make ends meet, but I, I always kept working in some way, you know, um, within the industry itself. I mean, her thing was like, you know, if you have to dress up like a hot dog and, and hold a sign on the side of the road, you're in the, you're, you're working in the industry, you know, kind of thing like that. So, but you know, that, but that's her mentality of it, but, but it's, but it, it is a very viable viewpoint of find ways of working in the industry to get where you want to be in the industry, you know? Yep. So that, that's, I think another, you know, um, viable um, yeah. um, piece of advice. You have been in this business for years. And as I mentioned before, you've taught it like every level. So you've seen that growth path. You've, that growth path. You've experienced it yourself yeah. as a professional, you know, but you've seen people take it on as well. So I know uh, it, that, that your advice rings so true. I consider myself to be very lucky. Um, it, through my career, I haven't necessarily had to hunt for work or, you know, it's, I, I, I've, I've been very fortunate, um, even like the job that I'm, I'm in right now at the, at the University of Hartford and, and the shows that I, that I'm, I've been given to, to choreograph and, you know, it's it, some incredible theaters, good speed musicals, um, the Muni in St. Louis, the, the repertory theater in St. Louis, I mean, um, 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 paper mill, you know, all, you know, I've, I've worked at some great, great places. And, and, and they were, but most of them were, were given to me because the directors that I've worked with or the, or the artistic directors or whoever, they saw something in me and they say, I want you to work with me. And they, and they just basically, they give me a phone call and they go, you want to do this? And I go, yeah, let's go. And so, and, and, but even this job here, you know, I, they, they, I, I got the job through a, a, a colleague and then they kept, kept calling me back. Then eventually they said, we need a full-time person. Come do it. And I went, okay. You know, so I was, I was lucky. In other words, I never had to go up against a search or anything like that, or I haven't had to basically buy for a job. 
but you worked um, your tail off to be that lucky. Exactly. I have, I have, I have, I, that is, I, that is not diminished the work that I've put in. And, 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 and I will say that because I have worked very hard. Yeah. And, and, you know, could I work harder? Of course, all everyone can. I, I, I tell everyone, it's like, they're, they're, you, you can't work hard enough in my opinion. And that's even, is, is I say that to myself, you know? Um, so, but yeah, you got to put the work in, you got, they, that's, that's the, ultimately the, 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 the goal. And, 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 and if you really want this bad enough, then the work will, will be fun and it will be fulfilling and it will be there and all that stuff like that. And then eventually it will be recognized. You know, you're not, I think, I think we're, we're, we're a society of instant. I have, I have all these little things I say about our society that we are, we're, we're, you know, it's like instant, you know, enter, thing, it's there. Oh, my internet's slow. And we get pissed off, you know, things like, you know, like we want it right now, you know? And so it's that type of thing. And I think students want it too. It's like, I want this now. And it's like, yeah, but you have to do all of this other stuff to have this, this is all this. If you don't do this, you can't have that yet. It's just not going to be there, you know? So. And I think, let me just ask you this. I think I might be a good example and I could edit this out if I am not. When you were my choreographer, when you were my artistic director and I danced in your company, I truly believe, and, and I believed at the time as well, even though I was in my younger 20s back then, that... I got my job with you that you brought me in because of my work ethic. And because I know you knew a lot better dancers than I was. I was not the top performing dancer in your company. Right. But I think I had a level of commitment and a level of professionalism that, and I never asked you this before, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I really believe it was like my level of commitment that allowed me to work for you more than it was my ability in Graham or in Horton or in ballet. Oh, totally. No, it, it definitely was that. And it, but, but, but you also had, you had a, you were, you were unaffected in, 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 is lack of a better word. Uh, in other words, you were, you were raw in a way, in, in my opinion, like you, like you, you had like this raw talent and, and you had ability and everything like that. You just didn't necessarily know how to maneuver all of it yet. <laughs> And so, and, and that was, and that was intriguing to me because I thought, okay, I can actually take you and you listen to me and I can talk to you and get out of you what I want and you're going to give it to me, <laughs> you know? And it's like, uh, like, one of my favorite dances also to that we did and you were in was Urban Rain Dance. Yeah, oh, loved it. The Rusted Root piece. And it was like, and it was, but it was the, it, that, that piece and, 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 and you were, it, 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 everyone in the company had, had, had such a commitment to what we were doing. And that was so incredibly brilliant about, about it, the whole experience and why it was so fulfilling from myself and I think others as well. And, and, and so, but yeah, you, you, you had, you had a, a commitment to it and you had a want, like you wanted to be there. You wanted to be doing it. And, and, and so, and, and that says a lot, it does. And so, and, and ultimately I think every that's that's what has everyone has to have is they, they have to have the want and they have to show the want. If you don't show a teacher that you want to be doing what they're teaching you, then then they're not going to respond to you. It's like you, I, it, it's like that kind of thing. It's it's it's. I said I said uh, you know I, I feel like a lot of times sometimes that 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 it's like so, sometimes the students are like look at the teachers and go. Um, Prove to me that you're worthy of teaching me. 
and, 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 and you do get that sometimes. Uh-huh. Like you get this, like this kind of thing of like, I, 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 I want you to entertain me. I want you to do something for me. And I go, whoa, when are you going to turn around and when are you going to start entertaining me? When are you going to show me something that I haven't seen yet out of you? Ralph, really, I can't thank you enough for spending more time with us and giving us more insight and bringing home some of those messages. You've done so much that I I know this message isn't lost on our audience. So truly, thank you so much for joining us again. Oh, thank you, Christian. It It was a joy and always a pleasure. Join me, Mark Pawsey, your host for Pro Series on PerformerStuff.com with friends and colleagues from the entertainment world whom I've had the pleasure to work alongside during my illustrious show business career. Together in conversation, we share our knowledge, experiences, wisdom and passion for the arts. From Broadway and the West End to theme parks, cruise ships and everything in between, Pro Series will bring you tips on how we succeeded in this industry that we love and respect. Pro Series. Conversations with the pros brought to you by PerformerStuff.com. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that continued conversation between Ralph and I. If you didn't hear the original conversation and where we all started, make sure you check back through the archives at PerformerStuff.com and you can watch that original episode that Ralph Perkins was in. But an incredible performer, choreographer, and now instructor, you can see why Ralph has touched the lives and the careers of so many people. His energy and his enthusiasm is boundless. I know he gets me going every time that we talk. So Ralph, thank you so much. And let's not forget those lessons either. You you have to learn as much as you can. When you're a student, be a student and absorb as much as you can and do the work. Do the work and that'll create some luck for you. And uh, you'll get you'll get what you're looking for. Hey, next week, we have a true powerhouse of the West End stage. We have a woman who was Ava Perone in Avida. She was Grizabella in Cats. She was Fontaine in Les Miserables. She was Florence and Svetlana in Chess. She was the narrator in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And most recently, she just replaced Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard. The incomparable Rhea Jones is going to be joining us next week in the holding room and sharing her audition stories with us. You do not want to miss it. Make sure you're checking us out on Facebook. Send us a message at In the Holding Room. Love to respond and to catch up with some of you. So thank you for your messages. And also make sure you're checking out performerstuff.com where you can actually watch all of these episodes and get all of your audition needs. Until next time, thank you so much. (laughs) 